Okay, y'all, so I have been wanting to start a podcast for a long time. At this point, it still doesn't have a name, but it's fine. I just figure I would record my first episode and get it out of the way. So, let me introduce myself first. My name is Brandy. I am a online fitness and nutrition coach, also an in-person trainer, and I'm a physical therapist assistant, so I wear lots of hats. Um... I wanted to record this today because I've been wanting to get out, like, how to nav- navigate the holidays with food and exercise and everything, and it feel I felt like it'd be too long for, like, an Instagram post, and, like, probably only my clients will listen to this, or, like, close friends, whatever, it's fine, um, but I just wanted to talk about how to navigate the holidays, and so what's a better way to start a podcast than to do that? I am going to apologize So I just, like, pre-recorded something, and, like, my vest is kind of, like, swishy material, so there is some, like, feedback from me moving my hands. So I hope that doesn't happen again. I'm trying to hold the mic kind of away from my vest. But anyways, so I wanted to start today's episode with, on my no-name podcast, how to navigate the holidays. And um, I'm going to warn you, I'm going to go off on lots of tangents because that's me as a person. Like, I get sidetracked very easily, but I'm going to try and stick to, like, holidays, how to navigate the meal, how to do workouts, etc. So, um, the first thing I want to talk about is working out. So, for me, the way that I approach working out on the holidays is I typically usually don't unless I have the extra time. Um, In the past, I have worked out on Thanksgiving, Um, and it's because I want to, I don't want anybody to feel obligated to work out. Like if it's a normal workout day for you, you have time in the morning before you have to get ready, like more power to you, get it in. I've done it before. I love working out on the holidays because I feel like I accomplished something and then I can go eat and feels good. Um, the last couple years I haven't worked out on the holidays and I feel just as good. Sometimes like I just want to break I just want to hang out with my family. Um, My sister is in town from Alaska, so I want to spend as much time with her as possible while she's in town. So, and then I actually, like, sometimes want to get cute and, like, ready. So that also takes time because I have a fuck ton of hair. But, um, side note, I will cuss on this podcast. I'm sorry. Not sorry. But anyways, so working out is an option. And I want everybody to remember that. You do not have to do burpees to earn your Thanksgiving pie. Like, fuck that. No, that is not how anybody should go about it. It is not how you should think about the holidays and working out and food. Um, that's a, if that's your thoughts and mentality on it, like we have another conversation to have. Um, so it is an option to work out, work out if you want to work out. If you're like, hell yeah, I'm going to eat all this food. And I like, I'm super excited, and if I get a lift in this morning, like, I'll feel accomplished. Um, what I do is I do take my dog for a walk, so I feel like that's super important. It gets her some steps, gets me some steps, gets me movement, starts my day out, how I usually start my day, so that is something I do. Um, next is the day after. So, I encourage everyone to get a workout after, not because I want you to burn off the calories, It's for the fact of you just ate like a shit ton of carbs and it's a perfect way to have some energy going into your lifts. Like 
and it gets you right back on your routine. Like, I am totally somebody for having a cheat meal. I hate that word. Having an untracked meal and an untracked day and then going and, like, hammering your lift because you feel so good. You have all these calories in you. Putting some of that to work. It is not a form of punishment for any of the food that you ate the day before. Um, personally, sometimes if I eat too much, my lifts the next day feel like shit. So that's also something that I don't want people to do. Do not work out because you feel guilty. Do not do any extra cardio because you feel guilty about what you ate. That is a horrible way to go into it, but do get a workout in because it's a great way to shuttle some of those carbs to your muscles to help with digestion. Like a lot of my girls right now are reverse dieting and in muscle gain phases. So like utilize those calories for something great. Get in there, go deadlift, go bench press, go do whatever. Like honestly, like I'd prefer a heavy leg day after that because that uses the most energy. So go do that, but do not work out because you feel guilty about what you ate the day before. That is not the way to go about it. So that covers the workout portion. The biggest thing for me is like hop back right back on your routine. If you normally work out on Fridays, go there, crush it. If Friday is normally a rest day, like take the rest day. It's all good. Like if you worked out on Thursday, take the rest day on Friday. Like that's totally fine. Friday is my normal rest day, but this year I will take my rest day like on Thursdays and Thanksgiving's on Thursday and I'll just do that workout on Friday because I don't work so I have the extra time. So next on to the food and this is gonna apply to all holidays not just Thanksgiving um, and any birthdays anything like this. So I'm just gonna kind of go through the day on how I would approach it and like things that I've done in the past that haven't worked or made me feel like shit or whatever, like when I had a bad relationship with food. Um, I'm just going to go through how I would approach the day now and how I did it in the past with most things, I hope. So number one thing is start your day with a good meal. Do not go into your Thanksgiving meal, your, sorry, I'm drinking coffee. I'm going to take a sip. Do not go into your Thanksgiving meal starving. Do not go into any sort of untracked meal starving. The worst thing you can do is not eat anything before, go into it, and then you're going to overstuff yourself. It happens every time. I've done it multiple times. It's not fun. So first thing, eat a good meal before. Whatever you do with any untracked meal, with any holiday, eat a good breakfast. Um, we all know my Instagram name is Muscle Made by Pancakes. And so I usually do protein pancakes, which is literally just Kodiak cakes, or I've been liking the Birch Benders ones. I think that's what they're called. Um, but I usually just do a scoop of protein and whatever pancake mix that I'm using. So that is my protein pancake recipe. It's super easy. It does change when I'm on prep, but your girl is eating good, so we're not going to talk about that. Um, so it's usually what I do is... I go into it with a good meal, um, and some people only have dinners, some people have breakfast and dinners with their family, and that's something I am going to talk about in a little bit, is like having multiple meals that you have to go to, so we'll talk about that, but go into whatever you're doing, not starving. Now, 
if breakfast is one of the meals that you have or brunch, um, I do have a client that has this, then this might be the untracked or the biggest meal of your day. Starting your day with an untracked meal isn't really my favorite, but sometimes it's got to happen that way. So, um, the biggest thing with all of the meals is portion control. So don't grab huge portions of things. Like second, grab the things that you know you want. If you don't really like sausage, do you really need to put sausage on your plate? If you don't really like stuffing, do you really need the stuffing? No. So when it comes to holidays, what I really like to emphasize is grabbing the things that you do not get on any other day of the year. So for me, I am never going to make a fucking turkey. Like, that's way too much work. Um, so for me, I load up on turkey. I load up on mashed potatoes because they usually have milk in them. So I usually don't eat them. And gravy. Like, I love that. But you're not going to catch me grabbing green bean casserole or cranberry sauce or I don't know like the stuff that I don't like but you're gonna catch me grabbing the stuff that I really wouldn't eat usually any other time of year on my plate that's how I make it work that is the way that I go about it um so next so back to breakfast that's the way that I go about all the meals is grabbing the things that I usually wouldn't get any other time of the year um, but if you have multiple meals to go through, like people sometimes will have to go to like one in-law's house and then their parents' house and then their brother's house and then their grandma's house. Like I totally get it. So what I advise those people to do is pick your favorite thing at each house that that person who's hosting usually makes and have that thing. That way, nobody's, like, offended if you're not eating something, like, even though they shouldn't be. Like, if you're full from eating at your grandma's house, in no way should anyone make you feel bad for not eating at the next house. That is just some bullshit, but unfortunately, that's how our society works, is there's, like, some form of disrespect when you just don't eat at somebody's house, but tangent. Bodybuilding world. Been through it. So, um, lost my train of thought, but... So if you have multiple houses to go to, one, load up on protein wherever you go, like load up on the different types of meats that they have, make sure. Um, Something that I want people to avoid is just like hanging out at the snack table. I am so bad at this. Every year, like I swear, like my sister just has all the snacks in her kitchen and like my sisters just drink wine and cook the whole day. And so, like, I just sit at my sister's counter and, like, snack on meat, cheese, and crackers. Well, not cheese, because I can't have it. That will make me feel like shit. But meat and crackers, mostly the meat. Um, So, but don't sit around the snacks. Because if it's in front of you, you're just going to, like, grab for it, like, without even noticing that you're doing it. Like, that's what we do. We just gravitate towards the stuff. And all of these things are meant to taste good and make you want more. So, course you're gonna reach for more especially if there's like good conversation going and whatnot so 
Another tip is just don't sit around the snack table. Like, if you want snacks, grab a small plate, grab some veggies, grab some meat, grab a little bit of crackers, and, like, remove yourself from that situation or get, like, at least out of arm's reach from it. Like, that's what I'm going to work on this year. And, like, if you fuck up or if you just, like, eat a little bit too much, it's not the end of the world. Like, shit happens. You have to learn what works for you and what you're able to do. So, okay. So we talked about if your first meal is breakfast and like kind of how to go around that. If you have multiple meals, just make sure that you're picking like your favorite things out of like each of those houses that you're going to. Um, So what I want to talk about next is like portioning out your plate, like grabbing a little bit of everything that you want. Like try and do one plate eat your one plate, finish what's on it. Like, don't feel obligated to eat something if it sucks. Like, if one year my sister, like, burnt her stuffing and it was, like, croutons. So it's, like, obviously I'm not going to eat it if it doesn't taste great. Like, do not waste calories on things that don't taste great. It's literally the worst. But, so just eat the things that you like and enjoy and that taste good. And if something sucks, like, don't eat it. That's a great way to go about it. Um, next is let yourself sit for a little bit before you go back and grab seconds. Um, this gives time for your food to settle, for you to not like act on impulse of like those dopamine hits from your food tasting good and like wanting more, like grab your plate, chill there for a minute after you finished it. And if you're still hungry afterwards, like sure, go back for seconds. But what I'm going to try and do this year is one plate Um, And if I do want seconds, it's going to be protein, turkey. And then I'm going to save room for pie. Like, I feel like we all stuff ourselves for dinner and then, like, the dessert comes around and you're, like, force-feeding yourself it because you're so hungry. At least that's what I've done in the past. So, grab a plate. Give yourself time afterwards. If you're still hungry after, like, 15, 20 minutes, like, feel free to grab a little bit more. But if you're a dessert person, like, definitely, like hold off on seconds for that dessert um so that's how I go around like filling my plate up I always go after protein sources first and then I grab a little bit of everything else I've had Thanksgiving at my sister's house literally like every year for the last I don't know how many years so I already kind of know like what I'm gonna grab what tastes good what I don't like like I said I don't like green bean casserole like gross so I'm not gonna grab that so I'm not going to waste any room on my plate for that. But that's how I go about it. Um, Something I want to talk about is the elephant in the room, which is alcohol. So usually with an untracked meal or a cheat meal, whatever you want to call it, I tell my clients, like, pick and choose. If you want alcohol, go a little bit lighter on the food side. Um, If you want food, go a little bit lighter or eliminate the alcohol side. For holidays, I view this a little bit differently. Like, we do mimosas at my family's house. Um, I usually get coffee before, and then we get there and do mimosas. And, like, that's, like, my alcohol of the day. And I don't... I try to, like, not sit there and just drink and drink and drink. Um, One, I can't handle that. I'm a freaking lightweight, so that's not going to happen. But, two, like, I just feel like you can also fill up on alcohol, and that's a lot of calories. So... 
I'd like pick a cup like and have a couple of the drinks that you really like on that day like if it's a tradition to do mimosas like it is in my family like that's what I'm gonna drink I know a lot of people do wine on Thanksgiving like have a couple glasses of wine it's totally fine and I say this because if you're on point every other day of the week if Thanksgiving's today and you're getting back on track tomorrow it'll be fine sure the scale's gonna be up like it happens but it'll come back down like you're just eating more food volume than what most of us are used to and that's okay and that's what I want to come out with is it's okay to eat it's okay to have a little bit more than you intend so um The next day, go back to eating your normal prescribed calories, your normal prescribed macros. Try and not, like, take leftovers home with you. And if you do Thanksgiving at your own house, like, try and send people home with leftovers. Because that's where a lot of people get in trouble. It's like the day is over and then you have all this shit left over. And you're like, well, I have to eat it or else it'll go bad or I don't want to be wasteful, like... Turkey is a great leftover because, fuck, that'll fit in anybody's macros. Potatoes, you can definitely make those fit in your macros if you don't add a bunch of cream and, like, butter and stuff into them. Um, Stuffing, you can make that fit in your macros. So, the next day, like, if you are having leftovers, just have some portion sizes and have it fit your macros. But don't, like, sit there and aimlessly, like, do all the things on the next day. Now, I know some people have, like, multiple days that they do these meals and my advice for that is like pick the meal the one meal per day that you're going to do and if you have multiple days in a row like I said about like going to multiple people's houses like pick out only the things that you know you won't get anywhere else for the rest of the year and enjoy it um some people do have to do that so just be on point with the rest of your day. Have a good breakfast. Have a good lunch before you go into it so you don't feel starving going into that next meal. Um, so that's how I navigate the holidays. Enjoy the traditions that you have with your family. Enjoy the time with your friends and family. That's what's most important is the time with those people, not the food. Don't focus so much on the food. Thanksgiving is a holiday that's revolved around food and it's very unfortunate, but no one's going to care if you eat a lot less than everybody else. No one's going to care. So make sure that your plate has portion sizes on it, that you're picking and choosing the things that you'll only get at that person's house on that one day of the year and the things that you know will fill you up and will make you feel good. And definitely indulge on some stuff. Indulge on some drinks if that's what you like to indulge on. Indulge on some pumpkin pie or apple pie or whatever type of pie. My sister's weird and likes lemon meringue. But indulge on the things that you want, that you typically won't get any other time of the year. And most importantly, just like I said before, enjoy that time with friends and family. So I hope that this was helpful and it wasn't too rambly. And that covered kind of most of the situations. Um, Oh, one thing I forgot. Drink your goddamn water. That is going to be like one of the most important things is drinking your prescribed amount of water. And if you don't have a prescribed amount of water because you're not one of my clients, make sure you drink like my minimum for my clients is about 100 ounces a day. 
So just make sure you're drinking your water and staying hydrated because that will make you feel so much better the next day, especially if you're drinking, especially if you're eating like all the salty foods. So um, I hope that was helpful. If you have anything that you do that like helps you navigate the holidays, feel free to like repost this or tag me in it. Hopefully I get it up before Thanksgiving, but I'm super nervous. So um, give me any feedback, especially if you're my friend on what I could do better. And yeah, so I hope you guys all have a wonderful Thanksgiving or Christmas whenever you're listening to this. And I will talk to you next time. Have an awesome day. Hello everyone. Welcome back to the beautiful Chaos Fitness Podcast. This is episode number two. And funny story, my client friend, Megan, I was like, oh, like, what topics do you think I should do? She's like, well, you should probably do one where you introduce yourself. I'm like, so yeah, here we are. So this episode is going to be about my journey into fitness, where it all started. Um, It might be a long one, so grab a coffee. I have mine. And let's just jump right into it. So um, a little background on me first. I have my bachelor's in exercise science so i studied exercise science as my major i have certification in personal training i have a nutrition certification and i am a physical therapist assistant which a lot of you on instagram don't know that Um, i don't talk a lot about my pta life because i try and keep my instagram more fitness based because that's what i wanted it for Um, So I just finished that in June, and I now am a personal trainer at two different gyms. Um, I work as an online coach, and I am a physical therapist assistant here all in Spokane. So um, that's a little bit about my background, my certifications, all of that. But what I do want to get into is my journey into fitness, and where everything started. So it goes way back. Um, When I was five years old, I became like very aware of my body and that I was like different than others. I actually, my best friend when I was five called me chubby. And that is something I remember the moment. I remember where I was at when she said that. I remember what we were playing with when she said that. So that really stuck with me. And so ever since then, I've kind of known that my body is was different. And I've always kind of struggled. Um, I've always wanted to be skinnier, my, like my whole life. I never felt com- comfortable in clothing or bikinis or whatever. And as a little kid, like that kind of sucks because you shouldn't really be focused on your body. You should be focused on other things. But um, so from a very young age, I've been very body aware. I wouldn't say that I did anything about it until I got older. We ate pretty healthy as a family. Um, You know, you think whatever your parents are feeding you is good. We ate fruits and vegetables. We ate protein. We had carbs. We ate very balanced meals for the most part. Um, We got dessert after every meal, which was like two cookies, something like that. So um, I didn't really do anything about it until I got quite a bit older. Um, when I was, so what kind of got me into fitness is I was a soccer player 
from 10 years old until all through high school. Um, my last games were my senior year, but, um, so I was athletic. I, soccer was my life. Um, I was in shape. I could run, but there was no weightlifting involved in sports back then, at least not for like my high school or my soccer team. So the only exercise I really knew was soccer. Um, and then I was active. Otherwise I snowboarded a lot. And then when I was in college, um, I did running start. So I started college at my junior year of high school. I decided to take like a, it's called fat fit, fast fitness. I almost called it fat fitness. Wow. Fast fitness. And it's basically like you just go work out on your own. You have to get 14 hours per, per quarter in the gym, 14 outside. First time I took it, I mean, I was lucky I hit that 14 hours inside the gym. I remember me and Alana would go in and do like cardio and abs together sometimes. Um, Alana's one of my clients and we've played soccer together for a million years. So, um, but yeah, so that was kind of like my intro to the gym. I didn't really lift weights at all. I maybe did some weight machines then. I can't even remember. Like maybe like the inner and outer thigh machine. But it was mostly cardio and abs. And then very hit and miss with that. Um, I tore my ACL my sophomore year of high school. I played on it torn for two and a half years. No, one and a half years. I had surgery right before my senior year. So that basically took me out of my senior year for soccer. Um, that's a whole nother story I'm not going to get into. But um, in hindsight, I'm glad that I didn't play because I probably would have retorn it and that would have been miserable. So, um, but once I stopped playing soccer, that activity got decreased. So I started gaining a lot of weight. I think in the first year from when I had ACL surgery to like when I graduated high school. So from March of 2010 to June of 2011, I think I gained like 20 pounds probably. I don't, I didn't weigh myself very often. I remember one day I was bored and I weighed myself after I had surgery and I was like 135 pounds or something like that. And then I think when I graduated high school, I was like 155 pounds. And I started noticing in pictures like that I was getting, like my face was chubbier and whatever. I wasn't, like I said, I was in shape because I played soccer in high school, but I wasn't skinny. Like I still had a lot of body fat on me. Um, but I mean, I would say I was pretty normal size, but I wasn't skinny like a lot of the girls that I played soccer with. So, um, anyways, so gained some weight. And then after graduation, the year after that, so I probably, I think it was one, it was New Year's of that year. I remember like putting on clothes and me and my friend got these really cute outfits for like New Year's Eve party and like none of my clothes fit. Like I had one pair of jeans that fit and they were super tight. Um, and I remember the outfits that we got, like they just didn't fit and I had a meltdown. So this is what kind of sprung me into like going back to the gym and finding some exercise. First I started with running. It was miserable. I hate running, especially when you're out of shape. Running just sucks. Um, and then I got a membership to the YMCA. So 
there, same thing, cardio and abs is basically what I would do. And didn't really use weight machines at all. Um, I didn't really start lifting weights until we moved, me and Corey moved into our first apartment together because our, our apartment had a gym there and nobody went to it so I could figure out the weight machines on my own. And that was super awesome because I was alone, nobody there to judge me. Like that apartment gym was such a great place to start. And they had like a full body circuit of weights and then they had a treadmill and elliptical and stuff. So I'd do the circuit of weights, some abs and some cardio, but I still wouldn't call it weightlifting because it was still like just doing a weight circuit. So, um, and then after we moved, I had to get a gym membership somewhere because I didn't have the apartment gym anymore and that took a while. But within all of this, so from when I had ACL surgery and I weighed myself to about 2012-ish, I don't have the exact timeline, but we'll give it about a year, year and a half. I had gone up to 190 pounds, which I'm 5'6", and that's not huge but I for somebody being very body aware and very conscious of what they look like that was a lot and I was like I need to change something um I was eating like shit binge drinking like no one's business like Malibu monster monster energy like the OG green and black can that was like my drink and I can't even imagine like how many calories that is now like I wish I had a can of monster could pull one up because I would kind of like to know but that was like my drink or Mike's hard lemonades like kids these days don't know how lucky they are with freaking seltzers because back in the day we drank Mike's hard lemonades and four locos fucking gross like Anyways, tangent. So, after we moved from our apartment, I got a gym membership at the Spokane Fitness Center, and I also went back to college in this point in time. Uh, That's actually why we moved out of our apartment, because I was going back to school. So, then I also took Fast Fitness again at um, the school, so I could use the gym and not have to pay for the gym. So that was pretty cool. I didn't know back then if they had free gym memberships. I have no idea, but I paid for the Spokane Fitness Center and then I worked out at the school gym. So again, it was like cardio and abs. I would use some of the weight machines. And then I found this program called, they're the Kayla It Signs workouts. So they were circuit workouts and they had weights. So this was a really good introduction to free weights. Um, and these were like, it was, they were fun workouts. They made you feel good. They made you sweat a little bit. So, um, but I loved it. Like they did squats and burpees, which I didn't love and lunges, but she used dumbbells and some barbells and, you know, RDLs and things like that. And it was a great program for where I was at. I lost a lot of weight doing it. So, um, I'll go into fad diets here in a little bit but I'm going to go through the workout piece for now. So, um, actually I'll just go into it. So I did a lot of fad diets in this time. So basically from like 2012 to 2016, I tried every diet there was. I tried Advocare. I tried Atkins. I tried 
there's just this diet called the HCG diet where you would just eat 500 calories a day and surprise you lost weight. So I lost like 20 pounds doing that. I think the HCG diet was like 21 days or 30 days or something like that. So yeah, of course you're going to lose weight when you're eating 500 calories a day. And you had to take these like nasty HCG drops. I don't know. But I did that and that's kind of like what sprung my weight loss was that. I went from like 190 pounds to 170 pounds and then I would kind of fluctuate for a while between like 170 and 175. Um, and then when I did Advocare, it kind of like it laid out the diet in a good way because it showed you like portion sizes of things. It was super low carb, so that wasn't great. But basically at this point in time, I don't know exactly when between 2012 and 2016 this is, um, or I'll say 2015, but it taught you portion sizes. Um, where was I going with that? I don't remember. Sorry guys, train of thought, gone. Um, anyways, so every diet under the sun would lose and gain weight, basically yo-yo diet, like diet's over, I don't know what to do, so I'm going to go back to eating how I was. And then I would like talk to my grandparents and they were like, oh, just like do portion sizes because that's how we lost weight. So then I kind of started focusing on portion sizes, like measuring things out a little bit more, um, eating like Greek yogurt for breakfast with like a banana and not really knowing what's in food, not knowing what macros are at this point yet, not being in my degree yet. So to have no knowledge of nutrition, I just kind of started figuring things out. Um, again, for dinners, like kind of resorted back to how I ate when I was growing up. We would have like, I hate vegetables, so those would not be included, but we'd have like protein and carb for dinners usually. Um, I've always liked meat, so hitting protein has never been an issue. I probably ate a decent amount of protein almost my whole life aside from like the years I was binge streaking. But basically how it would go is I would diet during the week, Friday would hit, Saturday would hit, binge drink, eat a shit ton of pizza or whatever fast food when you're all drunk at night. So it was like restrict during the week, binge on the weekends. Um, we'll go through why this is awful in a different podcast. I want to do a whole podcast on macronutrients and alcohol and all that stuff. So, um, but during somewhere in this time, my friend Morgan, who probably won't listen to this, but she competed in a bodybuilding show. And I was like, oh, that's super cool. Like, I admire what she's doing, but I would never want to look like that. Morgan's pretty muscular. She has been since, I swear, we were in, like, middle school. She's had abs and biceps, but um, <laughs> she competed in a bodybuilding show, show. She did bikini. I'm like, oh, that's really cool. And then uh, whatever. Like, I could never do that. I could never restrict myself like that. I could never eat like that. She's so dedicated, blah, blah, blah. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. And then on Instagram, like, I kind of started following people who competed in bodybuilding. Oh, I could never do that. And somewhere in this period of time, and it was in 2015, I started working at the Spokane Fitness Center where I went, where I worked out at. And so I was immersed into the gym atmosphere, met more people who competed, 
talk to them all the time. Um, just talk to people. I was in a good environment for like losing weight and figuring everything out. Worked with personal trainers, learned a little bit more about exercise, learned a little bit more how to lift weights. Um, funny story, I didn't learn how to deadlift until I did my first prep, so I'll go into that later. But um, So in this period of time, I found a supplement company called Shreds, and they had like the best advertising because they would just advertise these crazy transformations with their quote-unquote programs that they would do. And... So, I thought, like, these supplements would be, like, this would be it. This is what would make me skinny. This is what would get me under 140 pounds, because for some reason I had to weigh under 140 pounds. Oh, I know the reason, because my friend Amanda was always 140 pounds, and I wanted to be like her. So, I wanted to be under 140 pounds. Um, but, so I thought this is what would get me there, and they did nothing. Supplements don't do shit for you unless you put in the work. What they did do for me though is these came with some weightlifting programs and this was an even better introduction to traditional strength training. Um, they had like burner workouts which were just like high rep workouts and then building workouts which were just like hypertrophy range workouts. So knowing what I know about programming they're very basic workouts but honestly they were great. They got me more comfortable with dumbbells and barbells and some cable machines and so I started utilizing that more rather than the circuits. Um, and so that was kind of like between Morgan competing and working in a gym and trying this supplement stuff that I found on Instagram. Like this is kind of what threw me into weightlifting but more it was mostly for bodybuilding for a long time. And then I got into the beach body shit, which it's shit. Um, I never did the workouts though. I liked my workouts that I was doing in the gym already. Sorry, drinking my coffee. I'm sitting here drinking coffee at the Starbucks parking lot because the best place to record a podcast is in your car if you don't have it like a small enclosed space. Anyways, tangent, side tangent. Um, but I did the beach body shakes. Obviously, those don't make you lose weight. I mean, like, the 21-day fix made me lose weight. Just 21 days of eating very small portions, low carbs. Like, kind of helps you lose weight when you eat in a calorie deficit. But, so I did beach body. I did it for myself. I tried selling it. I am not a salesperson. Like, I am terrible at selling things unless I truly believe in it. So, um... And then in the same period of time, I met Krista, who was a personal trainer at the fitness center for a short amount of time. And she now owns one of the gyms that I work at. And hopefully she will be on this podcast. But I met Krista and she gave me macros. And I tracked my food on my fitness pal. I've tracked my food since I think it goes back to 2012. So I've tracked my food for a super long time, just staying within calories or whatever. So. I taught myself how to track macros with the numbers that she gave me. And that was great. She gave me like decent macros. Um, I think it was like 165 protein, 135 carb, and I'd probably 40-ish, 45, 50 fat, something around there. I don't remember the exact numbers, but it was, maybe it was 165 carb. 
I don't remember, but. So I started tracking macros in the same period of time, and then, you know, working at a gym, kind of obsessed with the gym at this point, and then Corey's brother died, Um, and this was in 2015, and so after he died, like, very unhealthy relationship with drinking again, and I started drinking more over the next year or so, mine and Corey's relationship was down in the dumps because obviously, like, when you lose your brother, like, and you don't have healthy coping mechanisms, that shit happens. So, um, this is important because this is what threw me into competing. So, in 2016, I had a friend at the gym. It was a different Morgan. Her name was Morgan also, though, not the same Morgan who competed, but I was talking to her because we worked together at the front desk and she's like oh yeah like I follow this girl on YouTube her name's Amanda Bucci she did like a whole prep series on when she did her bodybuilding competition if you're thinking of doing that you should watch that prep series and so this is what got me into like YouTubers and discovering people like Emily Duncan and Emily Hayden and Paul Revelia and Lauren Conlin who is now my coach um but So I watched this prep series and I'm like, fuck, like, I think I want to do a bodybuilding show. And so I wanted to do it for many reasons. One of them being I I wanted to be a personal trainer at this point. And I knew that people were getting interested in competing. And so I wanted the experience to learn how to prep other people. Um, Also, I wanted to do something for me. Um, I had spent the last year taking care of Corey and his drinking and this is nothing I'm not talking down on Corey he went through a lot with losing his brother it was just a rough time in life for both of us but I spent a lot of that time like holding our life together so he could work and he could deal with the pain that he was feeling so um I sorry train of thought I started I got into bodybuilding Um, I did my first competition in 2017, hired my first coach, um, he was $50 a month and he gave me macros and helped me with posing and it was a decent experience. Um, I did not get lean enough. About two weeks before my first show, somebody at the gym, I told them I was competing in a bodybuilding show and they laughed and said, you don't look like it. You don't look like you would compete in a bodybuilding show. And, like, that really hurt. But I did it anyways. And then my coach told me, like, a week before, at that point when we were doing posing practice, that I had about 10 more pounds to lose to be competitive. So, that sucked. Because I already knew I wasn't good enough. And something I've been told almost my whole life is you're not good enough. My soccer career ended... I didn't want to get into this, but I feel like it's important for this topic of not being good enough. My soccer career ended because my varsity coach told me I didn't deserve to be on varsity. I'm not sure I understand. Oops. Um, sorry, my watch just went off and Siri was on for some reason. But So my soccer career ended because my senior year when I got cleared to play soccer, the varsity coach told me I didn't deserve to be on varsity when I was a three-year varsity player at that point. So I had a lot of these feelings of just not being good enough. So into my first show, not lean enough. Um, I coached myself coming out of that show and I kept my calories way too low for way too long. 
did not know what a reverse diet was. Um, and then I discovered Lydia Pritchard, who is a local coach here in Spokane. Her and her husband are Top Gun Fitness. And then I joined her team to compete the following year. And my calories were way too low for way too long. And she increased my calories, which is great. And both of these codes were macro-based, which were great. Um, I'm very fortunate I didn't get thrown on a meal plan. Um, I'm going to go into more detail on my competing journey later. Um, but, so, I competed again in 2018 in two shows. Um, again, wasn't lean enough. I didn't spend enough time out of a calorie deficit prior Plus, I got off birth control, and I didn't know how that would affect my hormones. Hindsight's twenty twenty. I now know exactly what was going on. But I did a lot of cardio, I ate very low calories, and I still couldn't get lean enough that year. And when I stepped off stage for the at my second show, not getting first call-outs, I said I would not be back on that stage until I was first call-out, first second place material. And so, ever since then, um, I quit working with Lydia through that summer. I went and coached myself for 2018 to 2019. I kind of figured out, like, what was going on with birth control and hormones because I listened to all these podcasts and all that stuff. And I unintentionally repaired myself learning about it later. I figured out like towards the end of it I started taking the right supplements to help with that journey again that's another conversation we'll get into later but I just want to kind of go through my timeline and my journey um it's been a long one this started in 2012 so I've been at this for a very long time um so this is 2018-2019 at the end of 2019 I hired Lauren Conlin to prep me for 2020 and we all know what happened in 2020. A lot of shows got canceled. COVID happened. Um, it was in June and I was planning on competing in fall shows. And I found out I had gotten into the physical therapist assistant program. So I pulled out of prep because competing is really expensive and I had to quit my full-time job. So that was kind of my option at that point. And I did not think I could do school and prep at the same time. This program was very intense and it was very intense. So, um, I continued working with Lauren and I did programming that was like, they have a program that you can just buy, um, monthly. And so Ryan, who does my training programming now, writes that programming. So Ryan's been writing my training programming also since 2019. So, 2020 to 2022, I was in school. Um, I worked really hard. I lifted at least three times a week in this period of time. I went through some dieting periods. I went through some reverse dieting periods, which I'll go into all of these stories in a different podcast, but I just want to give an overview of how long this has been, um, how long of a journey, and I just still don't feel like I don't think I'll ever feel finished, but I'm not quite where I would like to be, and I don't know if I ever will be. But that's why fitness is so cool, because once you achieve a goal, you can always improve. You can always get to another goal. But since I stepped off the bodybuilding stage in 2018, my goal since then has to get back to it. 
COVID got in the way for a lot of people. Um, some people might say I just wasn't mentally strong to push through that prep, but I don't care. I stepped back for my reasons. Financially was the biggest one. Um, so within this time, I was introduced to... So let me get back to the strength training piece. I was introduced to strength training my in 2016. Um, I started following the CrossFit side of things a little bit more because in the gym that I worked at we had a CrossFit thing area thing so um, I learned how to deadlift at that point Um, I started coaching that in 2018 so I coached CrossFit all through the time I was in prep Um, I got my personal training certification in 2018 I graduated with my bachelor's in exercise science and started personal training in person so that's what spring me into personal training. Um, so 